I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, hi, Liz. I'd like my listeners to be introduced to Dr. Elizabeth Garcia Janice, and she happens to be a very good friend of mine, and I'm so happy that she's willing to come on to Lakota Link and visit with us. I I guess I had request of her that we talk today on a very hard subject, and that subject is suicide. Uh, Liz is board certified in quite a few different states, and she is also dual in adult and, is it child or adolescent psychiatry? Yes, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, you know, not very many people have those sorts of credentials, and, and I'm just amazed that... She's a friend of mine and willing to come on and talk to us about this. Liz, can you kind of explain to our listeners a little bit of your background and how you even ended up here in in South Dakota? Okay. Uh, Hi again, Sandy, and thank you very much for inviting me to speak in Lakota Link and thinking about me. Um, Yes, whatever we can do to help out out there. Uh, would be great. I uh, Actually, the first time I ever went to Pine Ridge Reservation was uh, to be a part of a medical mission because Pine Ridge had back-to-back blizzards. And so somewhere along the line, there were supposed to be seven of us, and then it ended up that it was just me. And so I ended up uh, collaborating and meeting with Rosalie, that's uh, Lawrence's uh, sister. And uh, long story short... You know, love has a way of really uh, directing the course of fate. I ended up over there in the Pine Ridge Reservation, but that's after a year later. What happened was uh, the late President Teresa Tubles declared a tribal emergency uh, regarding youth suicides uh, at the reservation. I'm looking very honestly at my skill sets. Uh, I'm double board certified in child and adult psychiatry and Lawrence and I were trying to figure out a way that we could also be together and the whole universe conspired for everything to happen that way it seems like. And so I ended up uh, working in the hospital there and establishing all kinds of uh, collaborative programs with everybody uh, like Hope Response Team, uh, working with 
the teachers, uh, the counselors, uh, and the community per se, uh, and linking them with a lot of uh, what uh, the psychiatric uh, treatments are, and just creating a lot of awareness. You originally aren't from the United States. You're actually born in the Philippines, and I see on your uh, credentials that you've uh, gone to school in Spain. Can you kind of elaborate a little more on <laughs> on your background? Yes, I'm a multicultural person, and I was born and raised in the Philippines, so I'm an islander. Lawrence always uh, tells everybody that I'm from the Philippine tribe, right? <laughs> and from there, I was an exchange student to the United States, so there was an American student that uh, went to the Philippines and stayed with a Philippine family, and I stayed with an American family. From there, I went to New York for college, and then I stayed in Spain for oh, almost 10 years, uh, did um, six years of medical schooling there, and then did my residency back in Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, the reason for Spain is because my grandfather was from Spain, and so uh, he was just very happy when I learned to speak Spanish uh, before he passed away. Yes, and I guess the topic that I would like to visit with you about is suicide, and I I was wondering if you could answer a few questions for me. Is there a difference in dealing with an adult versus a teenage who is su- a teenager who is suicidal? Uh, well, we take things individually when it comes to treatment plan uh, to work with children versus adults. Uh, the main important thing to take a look at is that uh, both teenagers and adults need to know what the resources are. The families need to know what the resources are when, uh, for instance, teens are depressed. Uh, Many times uh, people would say, well, don't say anything because you'll manifest it, but that's exactly the opposite of what needs to happen to do suicide intervention. Uh, You don't ever want to tell somebody don't speak about it because it might manifest when in reality, if that's the thinking, then both adults and teens would feel more alienated and isolated, and then they fester inside uh, because a lot of that stuff needs to come out uh, because it's a lot of pain and agony that they're feeling when they're feeling so depressed, right? Uh, and if it doesn't come out, you know, then it, uh, they turn inward, and that's when depression becomes worse. And then before you know it, especially if it's compounded, compounded with drugs and alcohol, then the risks are much higher. Why would you say that sometimes this happens kind of out of the blue and and families or loved ones had no idea, absolutely no idea that this person needed help? Well, part of the reason is because uh, a lot of the teenagers and even adults don't really want to burden their families in terms of the feelings of depression they have. Uh, Perhaps sometimes uh, if they try to talk about it, then um, unwittingly families or even friends would say something like, uh, you know, oh, you'll get over that, or would tend to minimize it because uh, it's frightening for anybody to know that our loved ones could 
potentially hurt themselves or are very down in the dumps. Uh, so the most important thing is if you notice behaviors uh, in both adults and adolescents that the, they're starting to isolate, they're starting to alienate themselves, uh, they're, they're having different groups of friends, uh, so a lot of behavioral change is happening, school uh, academics uh, goes down the tube, then you want to not minimize those because those are signs and symptoms that they may be depressed or doing alcohol or drugs, which are depressants. And so if you're already depressed and then you take alcohol or drugs, then you're multiplying your actual depression. And and that's when you have suicides and homicides at times. Can you explain a little bit about what what you can share with us about Pine Ridge and and what you was able to do to kind of help in that situation down there? Well, at the Pine Ridge Reservation, when I went there, they really didn't have a psychiatrist for years, so they had a very much of a skeleton crew at the hospital in terms of the mental health uh, uh, staff. So a lot of education and just jump-starting uh, as fast as we can, awareness uh, within the community, but especially within the school system, training, educating. It was really not your uh, eight-to-five job. When you're doing work like that, it's ongoing. It's 24-7. Uh, Lawrence and I were, oh, my goodness, uh, we were up uh, through the late hours of the night and ongoing phone calls because uh, I was the only psychiatrist there at the time, so I really had no psychiatric backup uh, to even rest. But uh, the point that I'm making is it was almost like uh, uh, I did a lot of uh, short-term disaster relief and medical missions uh, in different parts of the world. So I treated it in that manner because, uh, after all, I went there to respond to a tribal emergency. So this is not just your regular 8 to 5, then I go home. Uh, you, you, there's so much uh, that you had to do, a lot of systems thinking, a lot of um, communicating with everybody, a lot of cutting across the stigma of mental illness, the stigma of psychiatry and all that. And um, so the education was really prime in terms of making sure that people uh, were aware of what's going on. When it comes to teenagers, well, and I know you did say some of the signs, but are there any other signs that you can think of that, you know, maybe families could look for? Uh, yes. Uh, for instance, if you have a teen that's normally very respectful, uh, soft-spoken, and all of a sudden now is a lot louder, more oppositional, uh, that could be a red flag. Uh, granted, teenagers uh, uh, can tend to be challenging uh, because of hormones and just just being teenagers and developing uh, into uh, eventually into adults. Uh, but at the same time, if the behavioral changes are too drastic, uh, if, if somebody is all of a sudden becoming more aggressive or if uh, a teenager starts to be much more withdrawn and not wanting to talk to the family, uh, you also want to take a look at if there's any breakups because that's really big with teenagers. I could tell you now... Um, 
in one scenario uh, in the emergency room uh, when I saw seven uh, teenagers, uh, for instance, like five of them just recently broke up with uh, their girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, I was talking to Wayne, my husband, uh-huh. about that, and I said teenagers just feel things so intensely, you know. Yeah. They, uh-huh. j- it just magnifies itself. I mean, I, it's been a long time ago, but I can remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, because then, uh, for one thing, uh, they're in a transition phase of development. Uh, the hormones are raging at the time. Uh, they're very new at potentially loving somebody outside of the family. So you put all of that together, it becomes a volatile mixture. But breakups are big in terms of uh, teenagers wanting to hurt themselves. And also, abuse is also big. If uh, they have uh, families that are emotionally, verbally, or sexually abusive, all of a sudden it manifests uh, itself uh, through depressive symptoms, through acting out behaviors, through drugs and alcohol, and that's how we end up uh, getting uh, the kids um, for treatment. You know, sometimes, and and you know this as well as I do, that sometimes the family seems to be just a really good family, and so they're shocked, and perhaps this happens to them, and they lose a loved one. Uh, what are some things that we as friends and, and family can do to help this situation, bef- you know, after it's already happened? Okay. Well, for one thing, uh, depression and suicide knows no boundaries. Uh, people come from all different kinds of families, from the best to the worst. Uh, I've, I've worked with, with kids who came from absolutely loving families, and the family had no idea because uh, the, the kids or the teens were trying to hide it from them, not wanting to burden a very good family, for instance. Uh, and then I've seen uh, teens where they came from absolutely a, a kind of a nightmare scenario uh, within the families, and same thing. You know, they feel alienated and um, isolated. But another thing to consider is also the genetics. So we could come from the best families, the most well-meaning families. Uh, We got to make sure that uh, we understand that there's a genetics to depression, for instance. Uh, And then, like I said, it gets complicated when the teens start experimenting with drugs and alcohol. But a lot of times they self-medicate, too, besides the peer pressure of Drink, uh, drinking alcohol or taking drugs. So there's factors involved in what we're talking about right now. Uh, genetics is a big factor. Past trauma is a big factor. Um, uh, you know, not wanting to uh, burden a family is another factor. So there's just many. Uh, it doesn't have rhyme or reason, frankly. So once this occurs... What are some ways we can help the family? Okay, when uh, if it has already happened, then we got to work with resources. We got to know what the resources are. That's why we try to create as much awareness as possible. There's a lot of hotlines out there. 
Uh, they may want to call the hospital. They may want to call the counselors in school who will know resources. Uh, it's really a good idea for families to also be part of the therapeutic modality for the treatment of the teenagers especially. And that goes along with adults as well. Uh, so I think outreach uh, to a lot of the resources is vital. In, and, of course, you got to encourage people to talk. Uh, if they talk about it, it doesn't mean they're going to do it. On the contrary, studies have been done with depression and suicide where uh, if you don't talk about it, it gets worse because then uh, it feeds into the isolation and further depression. Uh, so uh, the idea that don't talk about it, well, no, it, uh, we got to talk about it. So then we will know where to uh, help uh, families and, and the teens to foot towards the resources because you can't treat what you don't know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think in terms of simple things, and and I think like – if I happen to have a huge problem for some reason and, uh -huh. you know, you stay awake and you're thinking about it and it just kind of gets bigger and bigger and worse and worse and then uh -huh. maybe you fall asleep and the uh -huh. next morning, Wade and I are big on if it's nice sitting out on the deck and having a cup of coffee and if I uh -huh. share that with him, he puts it more into perspective, and it's not quite as big as it was the yes. night before. And, well, I mean, that that's just simple simple thing for us. But, you know, I, I guess, in a way, everybody's like that. They need somebody to listen to them. Exactly. And so, to keep it very simple, the concept of a problem shared is a problem halved works the best for treating depressions and any kind of mental health issues because, like I said, if you don't share the problem, how can anyone help you? Liz, Liz's husband, Lawrence, can you tell me a little bit about Lawrence's background? Okay. Lawrence is a, a substance use counselor specialist. And so he focused primarily in helping the teenagers and children uh, in Pine Ridge. Uh, and so that's how we ended up collaborating in trying to create awareness, create uh, programs like uh, Hope Response Team, so that children and adolescents within the school system would know that there are safe adults, which includes your counselors in the school, the teachers, uh, and that... Uh, you know, we met with uh, this group of people to make sure that they anchor uh, the children uh, and teens uh, in the school system. And Lawrence also has a degree in uh, human services, uh, so he did a lot of work uh, with Project Star to help with uh, the elderly, uh, worked with all kinds of abuse issues, etc. And so, and actually, he just. Uh, got through publishing uh, a book called A Lakota Warrior's Heart, uh, a book of poetry, and it just went live in Amazon yesterday, so we're oh. all excited about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that and, is exciting, yeah. and and I'm hoping yeah. that um, he has done kind of a poem on 
on suicide. Can you tell me well, the name of it anyway? Yeah, well, Lawrence did lots of poetry, and actually a lot of his poetry to create awareness uh, within the reservation uh, was broadcasted and narrated in Keeley Radio ongoing. Uh, so for the people in the reservation, they know a lot of his poetry. With A lot of those uh, poems are now published. Uh, so, And a lot of his poems have to do with drug and alcohol issues, um, uh, physical and sexual abuse. And he really put out uh, a very heartfelt, very raw poetry out there to create a necessary jolt, to create awareness. Because part of the problem was people didn't want to talk about it. And so when he put it out there, it created a bit of a controversy, but then it also allowed the kids to come forth and say, yeah, this happened to me, or uh, I need help, or something like that. And then even the families ended up uh, asking for help after they saw that the kids were getting help. So creating awareness is one of the best things you can do, and education about depression, drugs and alcohol, and all that. And and Lawrence did a lot of work with that, and his poetry reflects all of that. And I am very much hoping that he will be willing to to read a poem. Uh, we'll have him on here. Well, Lawrence, I'm so thankful that you was willing to take time out of your busy day to be on Lakota Link and and uh I want my listeners to know that this is Lawrence Janice, and he does happen to be a relative of mine, and uh, <laughs> proud of him that he's educated and done so well. Uh, would you explain to the, our listeners what your education is and what you have been doing? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have a... a a bachelor's degree in uh, human services, and I also have a, um, a, a two-year degree and a certificate in uh, substance abuse counseling, uh, uh, drug and alcohol, and I worked for over uh, uh, close to 20 years with uh, Pine Ridge School as a, a substance abuse counselor specialist. Okay. So, um, yeah, and, and that's what I, where I retired from, so, yeah. And the reason he's, uh, Lawrence is already also an author, and he has a new book on poetry that uh, is accumulation of his poems for many years. And the reason I thought that this would be a story you would like to hear is he, he has a poem kind of dealing with suicide, and I thought it pivotal to our conversation on suicide and sometimes what can happen. So could you please explain how you uh, wrote the poem? Yeah. um, Back whenever I was working at the school and um, I wrote a poem, this poem about a student that had committed suicide at that time. And um, the, the student was really an out, outgoing young lady and uh, she was never in trouble and she was always helping always helping in the school helping with activities always positive encouraging people with their education 
and she graduated and and then uh she went on to do something else and at that time i was i i she would you know uh visit everybody so and she'd plus me and uh, all the staff and so i really thought that wow she was going someplace you know and so whenever um i heard that she had committed suicide is like a a little maybe a a year or more after she had graduated high school uh she had a little baby and she was living at home and and so i i just didn't it, it kind of shocked me but what surprised what not exactly surprised me but one of her relatives a young young man that was still in high school came into my office and wanted to talk about it and he said it it hit him so hard you know because it it, it was something that um he never expected her and what he said was that's not her that this that happened to her was not her she wouldn't do that and he couldn't and he said what he was saying was whenever that happened if it was a uh, it happened in a moment and then and he said i'll bet you just as it happened she changed her mind and it was too late and so whenever he did that and explained that to me then that had me thinking and then i wrote a poem about it and so i'd like to read my poem just to um you know get you get get the audience or whoever's listening to this to get a feeling of how it happened and how it it could just you know to in a moment you know and so anyway if it's okay i'll just sure. start reading it sure okay okay and this poem is called only a moment felt the moment and didn't let it pass start feeling low way low how long will this last only a moment if you just let it pass felt like hell on earth feeling lost and alone couldn't muster up that beautiful smile where had happiness gone in that moment of tears and self-doubt she didn't want to live she put that thing around her neck she had her life to give she checked in her mind she said wait she changed her mind she changed her mind but it was too late in that moment of tears and self-doubt she should have let it pass how long will this last she c- could have reached out she could have called for help her friends would have been right there her family would have been right there her brothers her sisters her baby the love all right there she didn't have to do this thing no one should go out this way she didn't have to go we asked why only god knows in that moment only god knows 
why she had to go. She couldn't muster up that beautiful smile. Where had happiness gone? For that moment, feeling lost and alone, how long is this going to last? Only a moment if you just let it pass. We all get that feeling sometimes. We feel all alone sometimes. How long will this last? Only a moment if we just let it pass. That's it. Wow. Wow. You know, that's so true. And I think about young people and young kids, they feel their emotions so magnified compared to adults in some ways. And they, those are such powerful words. And, and I really want to thank you for sharing them because Perhaps somebody will listen, perhaps a young person or even an older person contemplating doing that. And this is such a learning thing that, you know, this too shall pass. And gee, thanks. Thanks a lot, Lawrence. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, that was years ago, like maybe 15 years ago. And and I, and I haven't read this in a long time, and uh, I put it in my book. That uh, and and I just lately bringing up all these poems and put them in the book. And then I read it and I said, this still applies today. You know, even though it was like 15 years ago that I wrote this. Oh yes. Um, our young people are still going through these feelings, and all young people are going through this, and all they have to do is reach out. Mm-hmm. There's always some place to reach out. So there is help out there, and there is mm-hmm. hope out there. Yep. So can you please tell us the name of your book and where you can, where we can get it? Yeah, the the name of my book is A Lakota Warrior's Heart, and it's in Amazon right now. Actually, it just came out on Amazon, so I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> It's, it's something that I always wanted to do, and, and there it is. It's... Well, that that's great. <laughs> I'm I'm happy you've achieved one of your goals. You know, um, I as far as podcast is concerned, I hadn't ever thought about always wanting to do it, but I decided to do it, and here here we are, and and I'm happy to be able to you know, cause awareness to some of these problems and that there's hope and there's help. And um, thank you so much, Lawrence. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Okay, bye-bye. Part of our goal is to help uh, uh, the people and especially the children and the elderly. And he also um, wrote a poem about elderly abuse. So, uh, you can imagine how controversial that was because nobody wanted to talk about it, right? Right, right. So, so somebody has to, and if nobody talks about it, all those abuses will perpetuate, and it's never going to stop. So we got to stop the cycle by the necessary jolt of awareness and education. Yes, there's another way of 
living in a healthy manner and uh, in a way that we all care about each other and um, each other's well-being. I'm so glad you're you're willing to to share your uh, long experience because you've actually been doing this for over how many years? <laughs> over 40 years. That's a long time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I like the idea that you've written some books and published them and also Lawrence being able to publish his poetry because... Um, uh-huh. People will listen, you know, to our topic, but sometimes they think, well, I, I really need something to remind me what was said. And so can you explain to them the books you've got, you've done and why you did them and how they can get a hold of them? Okay, very frankly, uh, all my books, three of my books right now are in Amazon, uh, and uh, the first one was Utmost, and that's a collaboration with another colleague, uh, uh, Dr. Brahma, who was with Doctors Without Borders and International Rescue. Uh, this colleague of mine was doing a lot of man-made disaster relief, like the Sudanese refugees and the Janjaweeds and all that. And I was focused on natural disasters like the tsunami, the volcanic eruption. So uh, one book, Utmost is a dialogue between two colleagues and a lot of the things that we went through and we've seen, um, a lot of things we've seen were very painful uh, and uh, in terms of uh, humanity in general and what happens to us, but also uh, talking about the, the beauty, the light, and the resilience of people in spite of tragedies and disasters. Uh, the second book is more of a catharsis for me, an expression of my thoughts. Because while I was doing all those disaster relief work, um, you know, the courage to encourage was born. It was my nightly disciplined journaling of the things that were happening during the times of disaster work that I was doing. So eventually the book was already written um, years ago, so it just had to be that I compiled it. And uh, with the pandemic, we're not traveling as much. Uh, that, that's why the books are coming out uh, one after the other. So The Courage to Encourage also depicts, uh, I come from a huge, huge loving family. And coming from a huge loving family, that means I've had my share of lots of abundant joy and also a lot of sorrow, tragedies, and losses. And so that Courage to Encourage is a book that uh, I talk about uh, courage and what it is and the exemplars of courage uh, who I feel like uh, are, are the epitome of courage in terms of their actions and their their way of being. And then also uh, address the a loss and tragedy that um, I had gone through and how we had overcome all of that as a family. Uh, and then now... Uh, the sequel to The Courage to Encourage is called The Phoenix Miracle. So that one is uh, a bit lighter because it's uh, a workbook. In other words, I have uh, stories that I would say and how to overcome disasters, losses, and tragedies um, and give hope and light to the world. Uh, so, And they're very simple things. And then The Phoenix Miracle has spaces there so that people can answer certain questions that I would ask after each uh, chapter. Uh, or each subchapter. 
and that way you acquire more insight about what your strengths are and um, the things that perhaps you don't need to be denying anymore. And, and that also brings us about, again, to the issue of depression and suicide. A lot of times part of people not wanting to talk about it or not allowing family members to talk about it is the issue of denial. And denial is a protective mechanism of the brain. But when it becomes like a wall in the brain, then that's when problems start happening. So, but in a wrap-up, those are the books. And uh, I also have another children's book uh, coming out, and uh, it's called The Princess Who Loved All, but it's a, a children's book for all ages. And then I have my own poetry book coming out called An Island Woman's Heart. So that's what we've been doing uh, since uh, during the pandemic. Well, I know, you know, for a while I, I was, I, I have to admit, you know, it, it's a little depressing to not be able to get together with family. And uh, uh-huh. I tell everybody I'm not a hugger, but now, of course, I want to hug people <laughs> just because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but, but yeah. um, you know, it's, it's the next best thing is to be able to talk to somebody and and I am so thankful that Elizabeth is willing to share her knowledge and her experiences because her credentials are amazing. I I could read them to you but it'd take a long time so I won't. But uh I just want to you know ascribe to you the the Lakota value of generosity and that you have been so generous with your um, expertise and that generosity comes from your heart and and that you want to help people. And believe me, just this visit, I think, will will help somebody down the road. I don't, I don't know where or when, but um, they'll at least have an idea of the resources that are available. And so thank you so much, Liz, for and, being on with us. And Sandy, it's my privilege to be of service to to anybody. Uh, you know, I grew up with that kind of family, so that's what I do uh, from my heart. And also, I just appreciate you and Wayne. I, I, I love you guys. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I miss you all out here in Hill City. <laughs> well, you know, I miss you guys, too. And, and yeah. uh, thank you so much and love to both of you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I, I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us. Take